Today's chat is brought to you by LootCrate.com. Save 10% on any new subscription at www.lootcrate.com slash FFC. Be sure to enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 103 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 6th, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who has been said to have the voice of flower, just maybe not tonight because of his cell reception, Justin saying 0516. Justin, how's everything going for you? Oh my God, I've missed you guys so much. There's been so much adult in my life. <laughs> I, need some, I, need, I need some sweet release. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything's good. And everything's good. Just, our, show uh, rating. our show rating is now mature. Thanks to that, Justin. What, what did I say? We, no, no, keep going. Yeah, keep okay. going. A- anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways. So, you know, uh, everything's great. Everything's great. Just, uh, Working my tail off, trying to get some sort of podcast set up back together, and uh, you know, just doing my thing. So, well, good first to see that the first step show, of getting a podcast. Here. Yeah, first step is getting internet. That's usually a necessary component. How how are we yeah. doing on that? Yeah. How are we doing on that front? Um, I I have a request in to get special special dispensation from NASA <laughs> to <laughs> to have. To have, yeah, yeah, okay. to have uh, think... the array in the northeast quadrant <laughs> redirected to my uh... position. Yeah, to my coordinates. I want you to explain to me or explain to everyone your setup because okay, that so cracked me up when you first explained. Okay, that. so pretty basic setup. It's pretty basic setup. Um, back to basics, you know. Uh, you know, it reminds me of when I was a young, a young man, you know, just podcasting in the, in the, in the front yard with my friends, you know, just tossing around. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. just tossing it around, just tossing it around. <laughs> um, basically where I am right now is, is temporary lodgings while I'm renovating the house where I, I'll be for the next five years and pretty much, um, the place where I'm at is allergic to electronics, um, and it basically you 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 get you get no one knew, but you know the little the little bars on your cell phone that 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 signify reception. There's a dark mirror to that on the other side, and I'm all the way on the other end when I'm in the house, and then when I come outside the house. Um, I think the house resents me leaving. So it's, there's, I basically, okay, long story short, I'm a hundred feet from my house right now, sitting in a lawn chair. Uh, (laughs) So that's my setup. That's my setup. Long story short. It's like house arrest, but in reverse. (laughs) Basically, the explanation is if I have to go get a beverage, I might not be back for a while. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys can be laying in the grass. <laughs> oh man. Well, be sure to let Mel know that we miss her over on Twitter at the Wind of the Stars. She is out having a blast at SnafuCon this weekend, so I'm sure she's pretty busy. And then from the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green-Eyed Music Lover. Green, hope you're doing well. You looking forward to tonight's uh, chat? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> I've, if you haven't listened to like the last two episodes of either Focus Fire Chat or Extra Lore, I've been like chomping at the bit for this one because this is going to be an interesting one to talk about. All the theories coming out. <laughs> All right, well, let's run through the intro real quick and then we'll jump into it. The topic of today's chat is going to be a look at the evolution of light within the Destiny series. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of the topic, and this is what she had to say. The light lives in all places... In all things, you can block it, even try to trap it, but the light will find its way. If this is the case, what makes guardians worthy of the light? When Gaul asked this very question of the speaker, the response was at face value. Quite simple. Devotion. Self-sacrifice. Death. Devotion inspires bravery. Bravery inspires sacrifice. Sacrifice leads to death. Could others learn to wield it? Are there any other creatures that wield the light? These questions we have had all through Destiny and now in D2 we have some more insight as to the nature of the light. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we got to explore the new worlds of Destiny 2. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out the new www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internet, and a growing collection of community articles. If you don't mind, please also give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian 1, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny 1, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat's going to be a discussion on the updated information about the Traveler that we've received. 
Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know what topic y'all are wanting to dig into after that. Links to that poll can be found on either our Twitter account, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts that the community had about the evolution of light. Lorebot, let's go. Lorebot 2.0 activated. Query received. Interfacing with expanded database directory. Response received. Displaying on screen for review. Who broke Randy? <laughs> Randy got an upgrade. What have you done to him? I was like, I was like, I wonder how long we can go with awkward silence before he he just reacts. Uh huh. Uh huh. Not long. Like, oh, That's the answer this is to that be one. Good. Oh man. Oh, well, actually, gosh. what I was gonna do real quick. What is kind of introduce a, a kind of a new idea that we've kind of tossed around a couple couple times um, with the new layout of the grim or of grimoire the lore um, the lack of grimoire um, we have like a basically kind of an opportunity here that's I I think kind of interesting for us and that is to have a chance to really kind of look at thing or look at trivial facts. That most people might not know, which we kind of already do or we already did. But these these are kind of things that I was thinking like, you know, like idle dialogue or a lost sector or something like that. And I kind of was thinking of the idea of like a lost sector of lore or lost lore. And so I was kind of thinking maybe giving about depending on the depending on the the little tidbit anywhere from like 15, 20 minutes of the show just kind of talking about it and it doesn't have to necessarily be um on the topic of the week i uh, i don't but i i'm curious just to hear everyone's feedback on that i don't have anything this week i've seen a lot of oh. chatter for different things i know justin I might have a co- oh okay or green green go for it uh it's the one i posted in chat today if i can find it real quick uh chat a little bit amongst yourself as i find it real quick Oh, about the okay. um, the Verloc or the uh, the helmet. I find the card. Why did I post? I is she going? I... Is she going through a Rolodex? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is my version of Randy. Okay, come on. Okay, okay. Well, but I mean, uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm actually I'm actually asking you know the listeners as well. I'd I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on maybe doing something like that, and if if that's something that you would be interested in us adding to the show um kind of because we're kind of we're, we're kind of having to reformat everything already without you know without grimoire cards really we don't have anything to read <laughs> so that that, that opens that opens up a, a fair amount of time and um i'm just trying to think of something that would be beneficial to everyone if there's any interest in that if there's not we yeah. can we can totally find out different things nezrex nezrex sin Yep, Is that what it was? I found it. Mm-hmm. And in Nesrexen, it's the I think it's a warlock helmet that looks like the Scion's face with horns. But anyway, it's it says, He is that which is an end, and he shall rise again. 
passage from Of Hated Nezirak, a pre-Golden Age text. And, he's, and it says, he is, he is that which is in, that which covets sin, the final god of pain, the purest light, the darkest hour, and he shall rise again. When the guiding shine fades and all seems lost, he will call to you, fear not. All he offers is not as dark as it may seem, for Nezirak is no demon, but a fiend, arch and vile in ways unknown. He is a path and a way, one of many, and his sin, so wicked, so divine, is that he will never uh, cower when dusk does fall, but stand vigilant as old stars die and new light blinks its first upon its fetid eternity. Passage from Of Hated at Nezirak. The reason I bring this guy up, and this is kind of what I was talking about in chat, is that the last light, the last word of light in this card is capitalized, just like light proper in Destiny. So it's talking about our proper version of light. And it's also, there's a lowercase light in here too. So it's not like they just capitalize light completely throughout this whole thing. And it takes place pre-Golden Age. And so there was a bit of a debate in chat today on whether or not when the Traveler shows up and grants light, if that's immediately the start of the Golden Age as soon as the Traveler gets there, or does it take a little bit? I think it's kind of a cool implication of who is this Nizarak character type thing, because this is obviously meant to be kind of a history lesson. But at the same yeah. time, it could give us interest introspection as to what the future may lie where and almost equally important what was his sin Mm -hmm. well it says like he will never cower when dusk does fall but stand vigilant as old stars die and new light blinks that almost makes me feel like it it's a religious text that talks about possibly in some ways the traveler itself because we had this whole theory that the Traveler is not necessarily good. It is light, but it's not necessarily good. And it could be the fact that it doesn't doesn't leave. It's, it doesn't cower when dust does fall, but stands vigilant. There's well, so many different ways this could be taken. And I love it. Well, I think trying to say that the Traveler is good is about as valid as saying that the moon is good. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't harm us. That doesn't, we can attribute human like attributes to it, but I don't think they apply. Right. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, most of its, most of its effects have been positive doesn't mean that it has some sort of human influenced sense of morality. I, I, that's, that's another, that's another conversation, but. Mm-hmm. I just mean, I just mean, I think, I think beings like the traveler, um, and just from hearing your reading of this, this Nezirak are, are a little bit, um, transcendent of, you know, terms as small in the grand screen, grand scheme of things as good and evil. You know, cause that's a very human thing. Oh, yeah. That's a very... Uh, the the whole notion of good and evil, like, um, it's it's very so very us. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you think, Blue? 
Um, I'll be honest, that entire thing makes me think of Cthulhu. Uh, like it, it really sounds like a Lovecraftian I, thing. I was um, getting a strong Ouroboros vibe from it. Yeah, the I mean, in the end, thing. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it's it reminds me a lot of the Lovecraftian Ancient Ones kind of mythology. Um, not quite so psychedelic, but I mean, it's it's kind of up there with the the whole the darkness will be the savior type concept. Um, the uh, the only problem that I have with this, and this is kind of I'm I'm kind of coming at it from an I think an opposite level because. My understanding was that the granting of the Traveler's Light was kind of the initial starting point of the Golden Age. And this is kind of an argument that we were having in chat as well. The The fact is, is that the Traveler was the catalyst or the spark that started the ignition or started the Golden Age. But I think a lot of people want to say that the Golden Age didn't necessarily start with the Traveler appearing, but I, I disagree because the catalyst start. And the reason I disagree is because if you look at historically the way that ages are kind of calculated and looked at, you don't start you don't start tracking an age at its height. You start tracking an age at its start. Um, right. The the example that I was using in chat uh, was the Roman Empire. Uh, <clears throat> the Roman Empire is normally associated with none other than Caesar. Um, pretty much every historian is going to agree with that. That's a pretty known fact. The thing is, is though the Roman Empire actually kind of gets is conceptually started at the point that Caesar, you know, symbolically crosses the Rubicon. It was a very small act. Actually, I mean, it had major repercussions and it quickly became something more than just a small act. But the actual process, he made the decision to cross that Rubicon and defy the orders. That's what led to the empire being founded and what the but I mean, the Roman Empire, the era of the Roman Empire is basically pretty universally kind of considered to have started at that point in time. And so... And my point here being is that in history, that was in in the big picture of history, that was a very small aspect. That was a very small thing. A giant alien ball coming down and giving us the ability to manipulate the energies of the universe is a little bit bigger than that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I just I consider regardless of it's going to take pretty much a clear cut explanation from Bungie on on my part to not consider that the the mere arrival of the traveler on earth was the start of the golden age if not prior to that because also remember that the the traveler prior to golden going to earth was also jumping around transforming the solar system it was terraforming mm-hmm. some of the planets um so it it's I would also say that every time we've heard anything about the pre-Golden Age, it they almost specifically say that it's before the Traveler. Right. In and a it, lot of the Destiny 1 it's text. Just, it's just always been... I mean, and, and, and the, the thing that makes this tough is that it's really kind of implied, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not a... Um, hard and fast rule that the golden age started at blank, you know, and that's kind of the hard argument for like, from a history perspective, 
because you know when you're when you're looking back, you have 2020 vision. Normally, you know the his, the Roman Empire started at the crossing of the Rubicon because it worked. It was successful, basically. You know, if yeah. Caesar had been put down, it wouldn't have been the Roman Empire. It would have been yet another you know failed coup attempt on the mm-hmm. the Republic. But because it succeeded, we could retroactively track that back and say that's the beginning you know and that's and that's kind of how these ages in at least a historical sense that's how they've always kind of been you know the victor always kind of writes the the history books um and and i agree with you too the other thing is that every time we kind of hear from a pre-golden age text or a uh i mean usually we're getting that from the cryptarchs and they're usually very, very ancient. I mean, we have Plutarch. We have, um, I think there's a number of classical writings that are mentioned by Raoul. Uh, there is... Fabius Maximus. Fabius Maximus, yeah. There's um, there's that. Sun there's Sun, I was about to say Sun Tzu from Zavala. Um, you know, even in, even in Destiny 2, there's a, there's a really funny, the Sparrow Jousting card is really mm-hmm. funny. It's Raul. Raul is is the one that discovered the the jousting stuff and he's talking to um I think it's Ikora and he's saying, "Hey, just a heads up, if uh if the if the Sparrow Racing League guys get a hold of this information, I have a big concern that this is going to be dangerous because they're going to do sparrow jousting. Like they're they're going to read this and their first instinct's going to be, "Hey, we can do that on sparrows." And he's right, they are. Um so looking I, forward I, to Christmas this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 as many mentions of sparrow jousting as I have seen in this game. I'm just waiting because it it's like I've seen at least I think 3 different things and they're like not connected at all, so it's it's enough that there has been a deliberate thought of putting those seeds into the game. Um but to go back to Nezerax, uh the the only the only thing that is keeping me from hundred percent saying that this is like a, a Cthulhuian you know ancient god writing is the fact that you're right it mentions light capital L and it goes and then that goes into you know a really kind of muddy water situation because it's like but is it light. Like, is it light where right. we are thinking light? Because you can read that in a religious text situation, and it could be applicable to our world today, right? You could I see. Think you can, I think you can definitely read it in the same way we can read Source of Sorrows, as far as the deep and the dark and right. the stuff like that. I mean, it definitely has a religious feel to it, especially in its formatting and the, the word choice and how it's grammatically put together. But I also think that they were very deliberate in the execution of this. It's not just playing on it. Like there's a, I think there's a reason why they would say that capital L light in that Mm -hmm. one section versus little L light prior. Right. And I, I would argue too, that, That kind of actually kind of makes me think of it from a different perspective. Um, it's a pre-Golden Age text, and that doesn't... So here's here's the other thing. It doesn't negate the fact that the Golden Age begun, began with the Traveler. Because in Destiny's universe, we know that light exists outside of the Traveler. 
light does not require the traveler to be there. Right. The reason the guardians are special is because they are channeling the traveler's light. Not because they're well, channeling light, but because they're tra- they're channeling the traveler's light. So right. your golden age... Now, the golden age did involve the the transformation of the world and the universe and well mostly the solar system for humanity via the traveler's light again emphasis here is on the traveler's light not just light itself so you're you're right it could be a book of sorrow situation where we have a scenario that there was a a subspecies that was on earth at time we know that the hive were in the moon well before the you know, well before the events in Destiny, because of the Oceans of Storm cards from Destiny 1. We know that the worms were around. And we know that from the Books of Sorrow that the worm gods and the hive have been around for eons, right? It's not mm-hmm. it's not something unsuspecting to say all of a sudden that, oh, maybe they actually were here before the Traveler. Well before the Traveler. And this Nezirak is actually a <clears throat> Nocris figure. Or something of that nature. You know, like, there there could be a tie-in again to the hive and to the worms with that because of the knowledge that we have about light not necessarily... Re- I mean, light does not come completely from the Traveler. So, now, that begs the question, though, um, where does the knowledge of this light come come from and that's kind of where i can see maybe a book of sorrow type situation um it would i think they i I just from kind of a storytelling perspective and kind of breaking fourth wall i think they'd have to be really careful with that um because the books of sorrow have already been written and you don't you don't want to have the same story like you know what i'm saying like you don't want an echo of the same story where it seems like you're just copying it. Um, right. But I could see a scenario where there are another another set of Ahamkara or another set of worms that are corrupting a different species. And, you but know, this is maybe, that's, that's, maybe that's why this... the Traveler originally showed up. But this is something that's on Earth before, if the Traveler is the start of the Golden Age, before the Traveler shows up. So this is something in our own history, like you could say our own vanilla history. Mm -hmm. Well, but I mean, that's, we don't know why the Traveler showed up in the soul system. Right. I mean, this, this could be a nod to one of the reasons. And we have those mysterious ships right i mean there's a lot of players right now that are in motion that we know nothing about that mm-hmm. this could this could be and 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 you know that's where i'm kind of like i i know i sound like i'm dancing around the topic and that's kind of cuz i am because there's just not really there's more implications than there are facts you know which is i realize as soon as i said that that sounds silly cuz there's always going to be more of that but mm-hmm. in this sense like we don't we know the name maybe of this individual um we have a knowledge that a rough estimate of his time that it was pre-golden age but other than that that he was a being that was considered feared being of light that's another thing that gets me is that so far light has equaled good 
and a lot of what we've talked about in Destiny and Destiny 1 and the beginning of Destiny 2, not, this guy... No, go for it, go for it, sorry. This guy has the feeling and the concept that he is feared. Now, that could just be like a reporting type thing, like they don't understand kind of fear, but this guy is considered a demon almost in this reading. He is not a good guy in this reading but he is a being of light right and that goes back to one of my favorite sets of armor from destiny one the seraph set Mm -hmm. which basically talks and calls that out specifically to most people in the tower we are seen as angels to those in the city below we are not necessarily we're seen as the exact opposite and so if you're going to talk about a pre-golden age thing and the reason I'm kind of going, I'm gonna let, I'm, I'm really liking this one is because it kind of does tie into this week's topic. Um, but the reason why I kind of can see this still being something pre golden age is okay. Yes, guardians don't remember before the collapse. You know who does? The people who live through the collapse. And so, if there are mis- if there are legends and myths that have been passed down, um in the families of the people, you know, ghost fragment, the city or ghost fragment, the golden age where the father is telling the son about like, this is the world before, you know, those scenarios, you have Nezarak sin being passed down this myth about a, a being of light. And then all of a sudden you, the last city is the guardians are what, and then you, then you go through the dark ages with all the warlords and, you know, all that shenanigans, and and then you come to the city and there's these guardians. I mean, yeah, you're going to have a long-standing distrust of creatures of such power. Is I mean, that kind of lays the groundwork for that entire, you know, schism between humanity and the guardians, which you see with Hawthorne. And, you know, Ikora and the Vanguard are doing their best to kind of repair those that schism. But, you know, it's still there. So, I don't know. I I I, I, I love I love um, the the implications, but at the same time, I hate them because. Mm-hmm. You know. So, do you know what what vibe I get just from hearing that whole that whole reading of the of Nezarak's tale of his sin? Uh, is the Rasputin, um. From a red space before victory, the I bear an old name, it cannot be killed um, card where it just goes mm-hmm. on and on. Mm-hmm. You, everything dies. Everyone dies. I'm still here. How am I still alive? You know, and it is alone. It is strong. It won. Um, it's. I, I don't know if there's anything to that, but that that definitely that's the that's that was my first. That's where my brain went. When I when I heard her read that, but I also wanted to say with with regard to when the golden age started, um, we have to also remember that it's a human um, title mm-hmm. to to a period of time. So, you know, there could have been a period of time long before we ever chose to to entitle it, in which there were fallout like effects from the traveler's presence unbeknownst to you know to the human population um you know that they're very well like like blue said there was terraforming going on even before we made the trip out to mars 
to yeah but we were you know, tracking where Aries one got yeah but we were yeah tracking we were tracking it from but... when it started in the solar system oh you're saying but... like you're saying oh, okay I get I get what you're saying okay picture picture a giant field around the traveler right um it's it's not unreasonable to think that there there might be few you know they'd probably be precious few who picked up on that before the golden age proper that's all i'm saying yeah i see i, I see what you're saying yeah but so yeah there's a sample mm. of what i was thinking for I mean that's a little bit longer segment <laughs> than what I was yeah. thinking, but I think that would so, be kind of along the lines of what I was hoping we could do for a lost like a lost sector of lore or lost lore. I don't know what we'd call it necessarily. I'm gonna admit um, my phone has a crack in it, and the the lost sector of lore just happened to reside right on that crack, and I could have sworn it said lost sector of love, and I was <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I, I'm okay with this title. Lost oh, it, and also there's a train. <laughs> really? It's one of the drawbacks to my podcasting setup at present. I'm going to unplug my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Oh. Well, okay. So, so let's let's jump into real quick <laughs> the the first I guess the first kind of main concept that this week we're going to talk about and that's the the evolution of light so really the best way to do this is start at the beginning right and let's mm-hmm. talk about what is light so what what is the light um green i know you had a few a few notes or a few thoughts on this one a few thoughts just I mean, a few just a, a few we have a i mean we have a pretty good theory based off of like our <laughs> um based off of our year one understanding of the light that the light is an animating type force i can actually almost say a contrary type dispute against it i'm gonna call light the pocahontas force because or grandmother willow force to be more exact because you remember that scene in pocahontas when grandmother willow is like there's life in all things like explaining it to john smith who Mm -hmm. Not historically accurate. Whatsoever. I was about to say I blinked that entire movie out can, because. It's... Can you can you paint with all the colors of the, the oh, wind? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> I actually went to a paint night the other night, but that's another story. Um, I'll post that picture on Twitter if you guys want to see that. I think. God, the Disney references. I know. Yeah, hey, I love Disney. You can't get over more, it. More. More. More Disney references per episode than any other lore podcast ever. <laughs> that makes it the best lore pet podcast ever. Um, <laughs> the anima theory, though, that you had from year one, that the light is kind of an anima force. I almost want to say that the light go one step further is a force that's within all the little things. Like Grandmother Willow says, like everything that is living in any way, shape, or form, even if it's a plant and doesn't necessarily move or is alive in what we consider the traditional alive sense, would Ooh. have some sort of anima. Well, and, and to be to be a hundred percent on it, that is that's correct. That is the mm-hmm. that is the that's the Aristotelian method and or model for the metaphysical being is anima is in everything. 
it is the life force that is in everything. So you, everyone thinks of anima as like this animating force. And when you say animating Mm. force, most people think, oh, that means that you have to be moving. Like there has to be motion. So it has to be an animal, right? Well, Well, animation still has that root in it. So it's it's easy to make that mistake. No, 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 it is. It is easy. But when, when you speak of anima in regards to Aristotle's metaphysics, anima is literally spirit it's just it's it's a it's it's a spiritual energy so it's it's life um but the thing is is that it's separated in aristotle's model from nos which is the the basically the level of consciousness so um humans humans have nos and that is the higher the ability of higher thought whereas animals plants um simple life does not it just have they just have anima they have the instinctual knowledge of their species and they they have an animating life force but it's not the ability of higher reasoning um that you see in nos and nos is actually even further separated into two forms which is intellect or the intellect which is knowing and reasoning and so later on in like the nicomachean ethics Aristotle and and De Anima, which is actually the other metaphysics book that he wrote, um, he actually separates it out even further with noose, and he says that there are animals that do have a a base degree of noose, um, and that level is is of the reasoning. So it's like the the muscle memory, the 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 knowledge of doing, and it's not very much. But humankind has, or humanity has the knowing. And the way that he explains it is like the knowing is like the potential. Um, so we we can learn potentially knowledge and then apply it in the reasoning capability and, and in our lives. We can learn and we can learn new things and we can learn them conceptually. We don't have to actually like, you know, when you, tra- when, them, you train, when you train, when you train, yeah, when you train a dog, right? you train him obedience. Do you have to make the dog sit? Like you can't sit in a classroom and explain to a dog, okay, this is what you have to do. You know, like you have to show the dog how to do it physically. It's the difference between, well, that's also because of a language barrier too. It's the true, difference true. between yeah. having a mental construct ability right. versus the abstract thought experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And it's also not only a language barrier, it's a comprehension barrier or. <laughs> right. You know, and like, that's, that's what I mean. There's... It's the comprehension barrier is actually more what he, what I'm yeah. talking about because we as humans can talk in abstract, even to each other. There's, you can argue there's a language barrier between a lot of humans, um, right. but you're still able to, conceptually and abstractly communicate with each other via mathematics you know via music via artwork you can communicate very well with artwork right animals and animals can do like some some primates have shown aptitude for that but i'm i'm talking about like i mean you can talk i mean uh, socrates did a really a really famous example of the socratic method in which he taught people how to do pythagoras and theories with just pictures and it's all through conceptual and abstract thought and so that's when you that's when you get into the higher functionings of nos but i mean that is all to say that anima does actually i guess you called it what the grandmother willow yeah it it, it is it is that that as well explain this to me blue like just not not explain maybe just clarify 
in the Aristotelian um, notion of is it pronounced noose? I always pronounced it no, but yeah, um, it's I I it's Greek. I don't I don't need. I, okay, so it's it's Greek. So it is it is literally it is literally all Greek to me. Yes, you can literally okay, say that. Okay, accurately. I always pronounce it like it was French for some reason. I have no idea. Maybe I just wanted to appear continental. But um, <laughs> for, okay, so in his reckoning, is this a physical? force a physical quantifiable thing or is it rather a construct of the mind is is noose or so so or anima because there's well, anima okay, in so general anima in general. anima in general okay anima and noose are both spiritual metaphysical energies they are not physical now in an okay, aristotelian but how Keep going. Go but ahead. they're energies, though. No, I was just going to say. Correct. They're... They are they are non-corporeal energies. Okay. Um, the metaphysics explain <laughs> the metaphysics explains this via a a triumvirate, basically. So you have anima, and then you have nos, and then you have the body, and the body is basically the 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 seat of consciousness that is powered by the anima. But it's directed. That power is directed by the noose. So you have a you have basically a, a circle, right? The anima mm-hmm. pa- moves the body, and the noose directs which way to go. It's it's very similar to your uh, the later presentation of Freud with the psyche, with the and actually it is a it's a arguably it's arguably one of the the founding kind of inspirations to this model. But it's a very very common understanding and the the thing is with the the other important thing with this is you have to remember that aristotle was well before any of modern religions right uh this is this is this is well before this so the idea of an eternal soul did exist in greek life their understanding of what that meant was radically different than what we view it as the noose was actually kind of a communal soul, which is where the the anima kind of concept does the the moon, moon the world spirit basically is what it was called, um, and the idea is that the noose is an immortal energy. However, the noose does not have individual memories. It has the capability and the potential to learn, but it does not actually remember. So when your when your body dies and your anima is expired and the body is is gone and your noose is released back into this world spirit, it doesn't actually recall like in in this metaphysical explanation, it doesn't remember that it was Justin. It doesn't remember that it was blue. It, it's just it's just That's a sad. force. It's a potential. It's potential is what it is. And then, okay. as as it's re reemergent into a different into a different body, into directing a different anima, it it has that potential to learn. Now, the way you learn from the past and the way it learns from its its own history is via historical texts, which is you know the history of humankind, written text. It was being taught by the elders of the ge- the generation before it. Um, and that potential to learn is what separates it. And so that's where that's where you kind of get this immortal 
thing. It's very similar, actually, to Destiny's composure of light in the idea of like it as being an immortal and unbreakable thing. You know, we've talked about light as an energy. You can't break, you can't destroy energy. You just transfer its form. Mm-hmm. You also see this, Aristotle actually uses light very heavily in uh, De Anima to explain his metaphysics because he uh, he talks about how light can be used in a prism to change its shades and change its potentiality. And it changes all the ways that it can be applied just the way that the noose can. And so that's a that's another really interesting parallel that I found within within the Aristotelian metaphysics and destiny is because there's a very heavy usage of light lowercase l light in metaphysics for aristotle and then your main your main focus of power in destiny is light capital l and it's used in a very similar fashion in this in this metaphor we are the prisms yeah well so like in this metaphor and in this is kind of light or animus is is filtered and reapplied yeah kind of so like your your guardian is your guardian is basically a micro micro system in which this this anima process is happening so you have the light that is being generated you have a light that is powering their body that is being directed in a way by the ghost and then within that the the guardian is the shell which is encompassing this entire little microcosm that is going on. And so you can actually apply the segregation of the nose into the the knowing and the reasoning as a relationship between the guardian and the ghost. The ghost is the knowing piece, the guardian is the reasoning piece. Because the, the ghost has the potential and kind of knows a little bit more about the way things work than the guardian does, but the guardian is the one that actually has to interface with the world and actually has to to reason through and actually takes that knowledge and applies it to the physical world. So there's, there's a lot of different layers that you can actually use as a parallel between that. Okay. And just to clarify for anyone who's just maybe joining us or, or missed some in the middle, this is just a theory based on fella named Aristotle from a long time ago he kind of he kind of knew what he was talking about but he doesn't necessarily play video games so he might not know what they're talking about he didn't make too many video games i mean how many triple a titles did he (laughs) did he turn out blue none Uh, (laughs) yes but yes yes uh i i actually like that the and all that is kind of you know okay i'm just gonna have to make a couple of this and say guys i haven't been able to really dig into destiny 2 yet um i'm 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 working on it um but from what i know about the effects of the starfish of death taking the traveler from us um we we go through i played through the part where you're actually kind of duck walking everywhere because your your light's gone (laughs) um and so so this is this is where i kind of have a different what i think is a different view from most ones that i've seen um i don't view that as the fact that some some percentage of our animus has left us um i actually kind of view it in terms of um i believe that we use the light in in all in everything we do so 
it surrounds us and it augments every movement we make. It binds uh, us. Everything from our jump. It, yeah. <laughs> and in the darkness finds us. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well played, but, sir. Yeah. So I, I guess my point is my thought on it, and this might be completely contradicted later on in this in this whole thing we call a game, but it is that it's very possible that without the light our our kind of regular musculoskeletal system has kind of atrophied a little bit and we just aren't up to the task of doing simple things like walking, jumping, running. Um is I, that might just be poo-pooed by the fact that we don't gradually build this back up without the light. But well, uh, I would say, I mean, the fact that we fall from a ship and miraculously survive, that's why we're like hmm. duck walking everywhere, but not being okay. able to jump. Because the ghost gives us a, a re, like it, he heals us, but yeah, he doesn't, yeah. we don't get the ability to jump or like the double jump. And he doesn't, like and he doesn't heal you all the way either. Right. Well, he fills up your health bar, but he doesn't get it to where you have like an overshield. No. Yeah, butthead. Yeah. Um, he's he's got a drained battery, and he talks like he has a drained battery, so it's no fine. Battery. Uh huh. <laughs> we fell out a window. window. <laughs> we, we fell out a ship. window. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Please sound just like him because you're breaking up. Uh, I want to say Ghost that is Baymax confirmed. Yes, a very <laughs> compact version of Baymax. Um, yes. Can we talk about Anima and slightly less less? Sorry. Excuse no me. worries. No worries. Uh, when you talk about Anima and Aristotelian thought of the animating force or the the life force or whatever variables mm-hmm. you want to call it. You can actually break it down into a physics perspective because physics has been able to essentially define the fact that everything around you, your chair, your couch, your skin, every little bit of you, the air you're breathing is made up of energy itself. Vibrates. And it vibrates. I love lamp. Yes. (laughs) I hope that's where you're going because that's totally what I heard when you started going down that road is everything vibrates at a different frequency. Right, and there's there's uh, a there's a little literal <laughs> theory. <laughs> well, okay, that that is okay. You're so not one like, of those people that rings bells to, to cure diseases. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those people, but I am one of those people who will sing in the shower and sing certain pitches until the shower will ring. There's a thing in music where it's called it's called creating a ringer, and that is literally finding the exact pitch that the surrounding area around you, if you're in like an enclosed area, especially ceramic does this really, really well, that it'll vibrate and it'll amplify your sound and create an overtone series without you having to sing extra notes. That is the finding the vibration frequency of a particular item. So that musicians have kind of known that for a long time. Physics is catching up and saying that everything has an aspect like that. It's on a much smaller level, but we have the ability to say, yeah, things vibrate at different frequencies um, and they apply themselves in different frequencies. So anima or light is in everything. You can even say that anima is in a rock 
which has no well, use yes. or anything whatsoever. But it still but, has animals. Well, even a even a rock has protons, and yeah, uh, it has all the right. Yeah, it's still it's got, there's movement there. Right. So, and, so I'm with that. Now, as far as news goes, you could even say a tree, in some respects, has a tiny bit of news because a tree can make a decision that hey, there is a a fence pole going over the top of where I'm wanting to grow and a tree will literally grow sideways and move around it before actually touching the, the yeah, fence. But that's not okay. Yeah. It's I not, mean, it's not a, it's not a consciousness thing. It is an instinctual thing. It is right. Something which is, that, which is included in animal. Stimulus. Right. Ah, oh, sad day. Yeah, it's it's, it's unless unless you're in Texas and it's a Bodark tree. And God, Bodarks just Bodarks just need to be burned. You pull. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm growing around you. No, no, it's growing through it. Like it's a freaking yeah. Bodark. Bodarks just you need may to be end up with you may end up with three poles. <laughs> this is a true statement. Yeah. But- <sighs> I think that's a good introduction of what we kind of understand what light is as far as like destiny one and destiny two. And I mean, we've kind of talked about the speaker's line where he talks about how the way uh, the light lives in all places and in all things, you can try to block it, even try to trap it, but the light will find its way. If this is the case. And yeah, so it's like my introduction. It's just the speaker talks about it. The light is everywhere. You can't escape it necessarily. (laughs) You can't hide. No, I still I still liken it to um, the electromagnetic spectrum, but that's just me. It's it and that that backs that up. I mean, right. it's all around us. Well, it's all around us. It's it's ever present. It um, it resonates with some things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It more than others. That's I mean, the electromagnetic spectrum is based off of waves. So it exactly, makes, it perfectly makes sense. It matches up perfectly but i actually kind of take out the more of the supernatural aspects of it in Mm -hmm. my understanding of it but that doesn't mean that's right or wrong that just means um that kind of goes back to me not attributing too much of a personality to the traveler um it totally has a personality it doesn't like you not it no no i it's there's a quote and i don't know who said it it's something like um men see god and everything or you know like we yeah yeah yeah. well yeah it's it's humanize human humanity humanizes everything like it's just a pretty much we we attribute personalities to things we attribute human personalities to things without human personality (laughs) and uh you know like like um the the nobleness or the the regalness of a lion. Like he's still going to eat. Who here face. has ever seen? Yeah, yeah. He's not very noble. He's just, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a thing. That's, that's part of our human experience. That's how we cope. That's how we cope. <laughs> he ate my face, but it was noble. <laughs> he was so noble. <laughs> well. I know, I know. Green really will get mad at me if I skip this next part. So, Green, you mind if I if I take a second real quick and, and do this? If you miss this next part, I will just make the, the text bigger and the color more obnoxious next so, week. 
<laughs> so, so basically, as a part of the Focus Fire community, you might notice that we have an obsession with all kinds of geek gear. Actually, we have an entire chat room dedicated to it. So the FFC team would actually like to offer you a chance to experience that rush of getting a goodie package yourself by offering you 10% off any new subscription to Loot Crate. All you have to do is visit www.trylootcrate.com slash FFC and enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. An added bonus is that the theme for October's Loot Gaming Crate is actually going to be Demon, which has featured franchises being Doom, Diablo, Dungeons & Dragons, and Skyrim. So everyone knows how much of a fan I am with Loot Crate to begin with. So having it come along with D&D and Skyrim gear has kind of proved to be a no-brainer for me, and it's definitely the one I would suggest everyone get if, they, if they're into RPGs at all. Um, so yes, there you go, Green. Now I won't get yelled at. Nope, I'll take the yellow coloring off of it for okay, tonight all right. so you don't Next, have to stare yay. at it. Yay! Do you want to talk about your favorite thing? That yes. You've so all right. All right. So the next the next concept that I that we kind of wanted to bring up is is how how light is presented and some of the new information that we got from Destiny Two. And so while I was digging around in Ishtar Collective, which thank you Baxter for for all that you've done with that site and purple and all thank, all your team, yeah. you have saved everybody my life. who's helping with it. Baxter and all the Gunters, and- yeah. Beer you guys, you guys have made my life a lot easier. Um, mm-hmm. As I was digging around, looking for just different stuff and looking at some of the new entries that have been put in, um, I came across some of the raid gear. And in the raid gear, we learn, and I, I think we're going to talk about this whenever we get to the Cabal episode. I think we'll talk about this quite a bit as well. But in the raid gear, there is explained a, a group of individuals who are known as the Emperor's Shadows. Um, and that, and that is in and of itself pretty cool. Like it's, it's a pretty cool little story. If you have not checked those out, definitely go check those out. But the particular one that I really think is relevant to this discussion is the story of the Fulminator. Now the Fulminator to start off with is a rather interesting name because Latin, the Fulminator is kind of derived from a Latin word and in Latin it basically means struck by lightning, which then is, or fulminate is actually Latin for struck by lightning. The root for fulminate is fulmin, which is lightning itself. So that's that's intriguing. That immediately makes you think of, well, arc, right? The arc light, the storm callers. The fulminator is actually a creature of that's called the arc born. And these are basically... Creatures of pure sentient energy, arc energy, and they exist and they live in these interstellar conduits and they can't really escape. They're, they're trapped in these interstellar conduits. And so what happens or what happened was that the fulminator, who is a female arc born, was basically, she basically made an agreement with Callus, the emperor, that if he would, um, spare her people's lives she would join his shadows and so he did and he had a suit of armor crafted for her that would allow her to escape the interstellar conduits now apparently this also really pissed off her people 
So they were not very pleased with her being able to have independent mobility outside of the conduit. And she forsake not only that, but she went ahead and she did this to save her people. The other thing that was given to her was basically the Leviathan. She basically became the captain of the Leviathan. In a, in a fashion, she, she actually inhabited the ship. So she would actually be able to travel through the ship without physically being in the ship, like without being a physical manifestation. She was part of the ship. Um, and so because of that, the Leviathan was considered her flagship. Callus basically tasked her with that. And she actually passed, she, she passed, she died in a failed assassination attempt alongside like it's I think I've seen the number anywhere from dozens to hundreds. We don't really know how many um of the shadows, shadows of the shadows. They attempted to, to assassinate Gaul uh during a ceremony aboard the Almighty and she was actually the one I, I I'm really kinda this is just my theory, but the scars that you see on Gaul's face in the cutscenes, I have a feeling actually are from her. Because as part of the assassination attempt, she unlocked all the bindings on her armor and basically became pure energy and then just went to town on all the Cabal and the Almighty. Um, And this is all told through basically the Fulminator armor set, which has the mask, the robes, the wraps, the boots, and then the Shadows Bond. So it is a warlock set of armor. And this this is the story that was happened. The interesting thing to me is that she hears about a Stormcaller, actually, from a senator who goes by the name of, I think it's the, I, it's Cabal name. So it's the, like the, no, the, Ool, the, Ool, the, Ool, the, 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 and she actually, during a celebration day, when they were, uh, they tried to invade, the shadows tried to dry, I don't, I don't know if they were trying to assassinate Gaul on the, the world so, or just kind of get him onto well, the Almighty. Do you know? Well, they were, they were trying to, like, the, okay, so the celebration day happened all over the Cabal Empire. It's a, okay. it's a common occurrence all over the Empire. And that was how they knew he would actually be doing it because all the ships decide all the major ships parade it's a military parade okay okay because i know that's where rule died which he's mm-hmm. another he's another one that i really am interested in but um so during the celebration day she kills the and one of the last things that he says is oh because he made a comment about her being similar to the storm callers and she was like oh what is the storm like what is the storm caller because she's intrigued by someone who basically is capable of channeling arc energies in a similar fashion to her own abilities but so the difference here is and this is where it kind of gets interesting she is arc energy whereas a guardian mm-hmm. is a shell of a body through which the arc energy is passed so well, i don't like conduit right right i right. i think no, of it do you remember in skyrim the different elemental beasts like i think they're called yes. argonauts or something uh Adar- that's what artanox yeah artanox i she kind of reminds me of that except for she doesn't necessarily have a shell that is her own body which i guess you kind of get that feeling with the 
unbinding of mm-hmm. all the locks on her yeah. armor and everything. That she so she had the ability to unlock a different amounts. Like the the honestly, I'll be honest. The thing when they were talking about that, the thing that came to mind was uh, Helsing's uh, process. I don't know if you guys have seen Helsing. But mm-hmm. the main the main vampire character Alucard has a very similar process in which he basically requests different amounts of his true persona to be unlocked by the Van Helsing family, and that's like what leads up to basically the final battle in any given episode is his unlocking like you know twenty percent or thirty percent or whatever of his potential, right. um, and then based on that potential, there's different. Um, different consequences that then they have to figure out how to get around later. But that's, that's exactly, (laughs) exactly how I pictured was this like crazy arc thing, arc vampire thing. That's like, master, I want to do. And it's like, I don't know. I had, I had this weird headcanon moment. So what it kind of sounds like to me, if you're going to go off of kind of your animus and noose, theory is that she is literally the pure embodiment of just raw animus with a noose which is which without without a physical body right yeah it's it's so it's so what i what i kind of find interesting in regards to light about the fulminator is it is actually kind of that so this points to the fact that arc void and solar are definitely not variations of light but rather energy so light seems rather the ability to manipulate these energies, but these energies can exist outside the light, possibly. Thule, and this is kind of going back to a point that I was making, Thule, before his death at the hands of the Fulminator, actually mentions the Stormcaller that appears similar to the Fulminator. And, but however, Callus makes a re- Emperor, the Emperor Callus makes a really big point of segregating the two entities. They, they, he does not, he, he makes a point of kind of being clear that they are not the same um which also points to the fact that the cabal knew about the guardians before we knew but but anyways Mm -hmm. um and so i i i kind of concluded this whole thing with the with the something that we kind of discussed when we were talking about nezarak is in the works of aristotle the idea of noose was also described as an external and immortal thing something that did not hold individual memories of the entities within which it resided, but was able to survive once the body and the anima were lost via the process of death. Noose was, in the true sense, immortal, but it wasn't an individual immortality like things like your Christian soul. Rather, it was a world soul, a collective pool of potential knowledge that enabled humanity to rise above the animals who did not have the reasoning or the knowledge capabilities or levels that Noose provided to its... um, wield i wielder i guess i don't i don't really the host of the noose like it that that's what separated humanity from animals but yeah so fulminator fulminator is one of the sh- the shadows i've i've i will not lie i got sucked into a rabbit hole of reading up on the shadows and oh my gosh there's there's so many interesting little stories about the shadows both the ones that did get retconned, by the way, and the ones that did not. So. That's, oh, okay. That's so my... do you want to, we should talk about the retconning that just happened because maybe. It, it's not significant. And, and there's, there's, and I, and I've, I've had, uh, Baxter did a really good post over on the errata 
for uh, Ishtar that um, kind of explains what happened. Uh, but I mean, do you want do you want me to explain yeah, or do you want to explain? You, okay. No, you go do ahead. Go ahead so, and do a quick breakdown. So there, there are, and I and I'll be quite transparent. I don't know. I'm. I think this is the prestige armor. I don't. I'm not really sure. But basically, there are three sets of armor that we had in the database that were related to the raid um and they were the um armor sets were basically of the the emperor's minister the emperor's agent and the emperor's champion uh one one set of armor for each class the minister was the warlock the agent was the hunter and the champion was the titan currently if you look up the information in the in Ishtar, what you're going to see is that it's basically just kind of abstract quotes from Callus to the the person who has completed the raid. <clears throat> and then if you read the class item, the class item is where this is really important because the class item now attributes different aspects of Gaul. Um, the Titan or the champion will it speaks to the strength. The agent speaks to the cunning and the minister speaks to, or sorry, the minister speaks to the cunning. I'm sorry. Agent speaks to the cunning. I'm sorry, I'm going off memory. Agent speaks to cunning. Minister speaks to wisdom. Um, and so again, warlock, wisdom, hunter, cunning, titan, strength. Pretty pretty obvious connections there. However, prior to this update, what those armors had included were vastly different they actually were basically mini stories of three different shadows the minister was the shadow who went by the name of secris who was a baron of shanks so it was a fallen uh the agent was feltrock the skull piercer who was a clips which uh i'll talk about just in a second and then the champion was a shadow who went by the name of valis nor now i think I've seen a couple different places refer to Valis Nor as a female. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember there being a gender assigned to this, that individual, but uh, just take that with what you will. Um, the the clips is actually the one that really interests me, to be honest, Feltrock. Uh, we have another clips mentioned in the lore that was not removed, and that was Rule. We mentioned him just a minute ago. And Rule is... Um, uh, I can't remember his full title, but um, Rule is also Eclipse. Eclipse is basically another species that is introduced in this item in which, um, yeah, because then you have the Ace to Find. Sorry, I'm going through my my mental notes on this one. Uh, the Eclipse is a warlock species in which they were pretty advanced and then something happened. We don't really know what happened but they were driven underground and then when they were they were able to come back to the surface of their planet they found that it had basically been somewhat invaded by a foreign life form that was very violent and very um possessive of that planet and so they've been they've been they were kind of forced into a a war with these these creatures and so when Callus and the Cabal found them it was rather a simple matter of mop up to to remove them they didn't stand a chance against the cabal empire and so callus basically this is kind of you'll you'll start finding this very common with callus 
Callus approached a number of the clips and said, hey, in order for me to not destroy your people, will you join my shadows? <clears throat> uh, Rule and Feltrock were two of those individuals who agreed to join the shadows. Now, the shadows are basically a multi-species enforcer group of Callus, who was at the time the emperor of the Cabal Empire, um, and this was all prior to the whole thing with Gaul and the Red Legion. So that was kind of the big thing is they kind of they they kind of took a step back in details and the new the new details on the armor are I mean it's not they're not bad it's just they're not as detailed and kind of there's not so much personality as there was with before. You still have rule, you still have Jerus the Ace Defiant which is another awesome story. Uh talking about the Sindhu which is another species that you hear about um who Jerus Jerus is another shadow who joined again to make sure that Kalos did not destroy his species, the Sindhu. Uh, the Ace Defiant is actually apparently a position within the Sindhu, so there are multiple Ace Defiants, I believe. But it's a very very fascinating kind of concept as well. Uh, whereas the Clips are kind of described as a very earthy, very down like titan like you know the the titan the dwarves um uh, the sindhu are more aerial they're more i kind of get an elven feel from them but it's a very interesting concept so jairus is um you've you've probably seen uh the ace defiant armor set that's Mm -hmm. where you'll read his story uh the the armor of rule is rules armor set and that's the one that explains his his escapade through the celebration day on the planet which is kind of funny actually uh he's another clips and i get the feeling that he's eclipsed from a separate faction than Feltok was but <clears throat> that's that's basically what happened on the armor set we we lost the stories of Feltok, Sekris, and nor but we don't, and and this is where I kind of was talking with like Baxter and Kex and Anon about this, and we don't we don't know if if it was because we're gonna get them later, and these were like meant to be bosses or something inside the raid, and that got changed, and this was something that overlooked. We don't we don't know the reason behind their change, um, and so right now they're not technically canon uh, because they got removed completely. But I'm hoping that they get reintroduced because, to be honest, um, especially Feltrock. Feltrock and Sekris I'm really interested in because Sekris actually points to the Fallen joining the Cabal, which is an interesting thing in light of the Titan mission in which you have a potential ally being formed between the Fallen and the Guardians. So this Mm -hmm. is another example of a Fallen kind of joining the ranks of a former enemy race. Um Oh, yes, and also because Feltrock coins the term Traveler Spawn. And I really want that to be a... a <laughs> I really want that to be an actual nickname that the enemies use for the Guardians. Yeah. Oh, so... Was that, was that, was that a good explanation? Yeah. Yep, definitely. I think that breaks it down quite nicely. Um, other resources of people who have gone over it... I think Mylan did a video on it. Mylan Mylan did a video of it. Uh, like I said, Baxter did. Baxter did a really good. Um, Baxter's is more from like a, a 
a data standpoint. He's just kind of explaining mm-hmm. like, hey, this got changed. This is what happened. Uh, I I have not had a chance to watch Mylan's video. I've I've seen many people reference it. Um, Mylan mm-hmm. does a really good job of presenting things in a short think, format. In a short format, I, I was I was thinking after today's escapades, I think everyone can appreciate a little bit less salt in the presentation yeah. of information. Um, and yeah, Mylan, yeah. and you know Mylan Beard, Bife, all of them have a very good uh, Wally has a have very good heads on their shoulders they they i've i really appreciate watching their videos because i'm not going to get yelled at i feel like well they Um, they will okay that's not to say they won't criticize no 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 they will criticize but they uh they constructively criticize it right they will provide possible solutions instead of just complaining um just keep your head in the bubble bife keep your head in the bubble bife how big Um, is the bubble Shorter than Bife. There is in in while we're while we're still on the topic of light, there is actually a really cool kind of connection that we've had in the chat about from the weapons of the Trials of Nine. Um, Now I've I think I got all of them on the mind map. I'm pretty sure I did. The which 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 one? The Trials of the Nine. I did not, not yet. Okay, mm-hmm. I will try. I'll try to get these on here. But if you, um, if you talk, if you look at the trials of the nine, um, or no, I was, I was talking. I, I I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. Not the weapons. The weapons are a completely different story. That is also amazing. Mm-hmm. The armor set. <clears throat> so the armor set from the emissary of the nine. You have different sets, obviously, uh, as all people who are familiar with the trials from Destiny One uh, know. There are there are basically two reward tiers. There is the ones who've won, and then the ones who have gone oh, flawless. Um, there are different armor sets based wait, on that. Wait, 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 wait. How does that go? Oh, flawless. Hang on. Flawless. Hang on. I, let me see. I might have an audio clip for you there that's how that goes um i, I don't think that's a flawless sound but that's <laughs> my opinion that's, on that one. that's justin's flawless sound um that was, if there were such a thing <laughs> but but anyways Challenge to everybody um, let's get justin to the not God, that's, what is it called let, even the, the, the emissary spire this the third spire stupid. i think i'm i'm gonna call it to, i'm gonna call it the lighthouse <laughs> it's kind of cool anyways like it's, you, you there's float. a sparkle pony yes and but a it, giant so, terrifying woman yeah she she is really creepy but the armor set for from the emissary. So you have six sets, uh, two for each class. Your hunter is your flowing and your floating. Titan is crushing and annihilating, and then warlock is channeling and focusing. Um, because they can't jump. Obviously, um, but throughout throughout the armor set, and I have these all linked in the mind map. You see the reference to the guardian who is wearing them. They are referred to as the light. So it's talking about, for for example, the flowing cow says, for the light who moves under cover of dark. Um, this was actually a really kind of a big topic 
for a few for a, a day or so in the chat because we talked about you know what is the what is the um the implications of this like you're talking about an individual as if they are the light um you see and and there's always they're all throughout here you know there's the floating is for the light who seeks the freedom to vanish uh, is the the hunter for the light who seeks complete movement in their strike and so it goes it I, I, I'm kind of leaning on the, the, I'm leaning on the bandwagon here of like, I think this is kind of going with the idea that it's just a symbolic way of saying you're a light bearer because it's your light. Um, if you remember from a lot of the crucible from destiny one, it was make sure your light shines, you know, your light your light, you know, and so I, th- I kind of read this as a, a shortened way of saying your light. Uh, I it can is... even say a different perspective on that. Right? No, no, no. There are there are multiple right. perspectives, and I think Pens was one of the ones that had a different perspective as well. But right, like the way I read that, it's the, the if you think about that, everything has light, and the emissary is directly helping just guardians or the nine aren't necessarily only helping guardians, even though that's the only thing we have them helping so far, we know that they interact with other species. So for the light, for anybody who wields the light or who can channel the light, who moves under the cover of dark, I mean, there could be multiple different creatures that could technically fall under that category. Right. And I think the art the the counterpoint that I would make to that is that these are armor sets that are given specifically to the individual who wins at the trials. So to me it just feels it would feel weird to say light as a collective light to and put that on a set of gear that is reward for showing that you are not the norm does that make sense well it's in order to get the gear you have to you have to exceed the norm it it does but the, the point that i'm making is that that gear could be also regulated towards other things it doesn't specifically yes to us it specifically means you have to earn it in this way but theoretically i mean this is pulling a lot of different strings from nowhere in particular that you could have other races that theoretically could channel the light and earn it in their own particular way. Oh, okay. I see. I, you okay. see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. But I think, I think the, I think we would agree though that this is not trying to like fundamentally change the understanding of how light is you, how light works. Oh, oh no. Because I think there was there was a, a conversation too about how the implications of the individual nature of the light, because up until now it has always been traveler's light, traveler's light, you know, traveler's light, and now it's kind of like this is you are the light, and it's kind of like that could potentially. Ch- I I I don't, I I just don't agree with that particular f- view. I can see where someone can have that view. I just right. don't I don't agree. I with just this. I just read it as for the the creature or individual meaning the person the light the little tiny light cuz that's what the nine tend to see the light that does this. 
Right. And I mean, and going kind of back to the beginning of the episode, your, your Nezarak, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's he he or it is described as, you know, a light, you know, he's described his light, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not unheard of that that is the case, but I think that was, um, just an idea. Right. No, no, no. And, and, and it's, it's a, it's a newer perspective. Uh, newer presentation of light that we have not seen yet, mostly because we have never so closely really? interacted yeah. with mm-hmm. the nine. Um, but yeah, did you, did, I know you, I think you had some other stuff, didn't you? That you wanted to. I just, I had the videos that I captured and put on the mind map. The cuts. The different aspects. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I would, interesting and i don't necessarily i have the opinion that it is lightest escaping and i mentioned this to you and we kind of had a little discussion on it but i kind of want to get everybody else's take on it in the game when you kill certain fallen and it doesn't seem to have any particular um trigger like it doesn't have to be an elite uh, fallen or anything like that sometimes i find that it has to be precision kills right Okay, that I think that's I be, the yeah. only trigger. And it can't so be a shank. Would, yes, because shanks don't have a precision kill they shot. Just, they just blow up and right. kill everybody around them. Annoying shanks. Mm-hmm. But when you kill a fallen, if you look very, very closely, if you pay attention, it actually, you see a little flash of the light leaving the fallen, just like the light left us in the opening cinematic after Homecoming. Now, granted, it's a slightly different looking colored light, and it's not nearly as ethereal looking as ours is, but you can definitely see a humanoid or fallen type shape rising out of them for a split second before they just fall over dead. I want to get everybody's perspective of just like either tag me on Twitter or hit me up in Discord of, do you think that is fallen light? Or like light the animus of the fallen, which fallen used to have the light. Now they have ether that they primarily use, but they used well, to have the light. They didn't have the light. They had the traveler. Uh, but they didn't the guardians are the first to ever have been given the light in the way that we have been given it. Right. But the traveler gave humanity the ability for lots of different things and they studied the light even before guardians were ever made. Oh, right, right. Okay. I I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I think my, my counter argument to that is, you know, if it was, if it was like light, you know, kind of like how they've kind of described light as being this animating force, why don't we see, why don't we see that with the hive that we know is actually consuming light? And why don't we see that with the cabal? Like the cabal, the cabal don't really have. Well, up until now, there's a, there's a few kind of connections that are being made with Callus's musings uh, to the light, and then Gaul, obviously. But up until now, really, the the cabal have been kind of the 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 odd the odd child out as far as light usage. But hive hive to me would be a would be more expected to have something of the animation of light escaping their bodies than the fallen because the hive actually ingested like the hive are the 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 equivalent of a vampire when it comes to light 
And so, and when you kill a hive with a precision kill, they just kind of burst into green fire goo. Right, but here's here's what my counter counter argument to that: the hive actually process the light. They ingest it and actually process it to be able to do things and grow with it. The fallen have no way to actually expel it. Mm. Okay. So now okay. cabal, I can't explain. Well, and I, I can't. Yeah, and I see, so I see. My counter the to the counter to the counter is the cabal. <laughs> no, but, my yeah, counter right. to the counter to the counter is thrall scat. So that's that's <laughs> the crux of this whole argument is that the thrall have thrall scat and they can process their light, and that the fallen can't. Well, the hive also all the hive have worms, so right. that's why that's why they yeah. have to ingest the light. And Which so you can actually argue, leads you... me to a pun about fallen thrall scat, but never mind. <laughs> uh... <sighs> oh, I missed you, Justin. Uh-huh, me too. I missed you too. I like how Blue says that in it's slight begrudgingly, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I missed God. Justin. It's like, I really missed you. Not disingenuously like Blue meant it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I think actually that would explain why the Hive don't have a similar light effect is because the, mm-hmm. the worms within them are actually consuming the light. Right. And as far, as, far as we know. As far as we know, right. that's what's happening. So, so the hive have probiotic life. Yes, yes, exactly. I was, I was actually, I was actually just thinking that. I was like, so they have really so, strong yogurt. So glad I beat you to that one. <laughs> which, which raw scat? This thing just, hive yogurt. It just came. It just came full circle back to the Greeks, Blue. Yeah, with the Greek, <laughs> Greek, Greek yogurt. yogurt. <laughs> Available at your local supermarket. Oh, no. <laughs> if you ask really nice, we'll even throw in some worm spore to sweeten the deal. Yeah, it'll be a liturgy of, of yogurts. That's how, that, that'll be the... <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, that's that's just kind of the only thing that I Yeah, I think the cabal are really the only ones that I I really have a problem with with that being with that being the expectation there is if cuz if it's light then why don't the cabal have something similar other than the hey, we're going to pop the gasket on your precious precious fuel rocket but, right. juice. But 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 it that we poison. It stands to reason it stands to reason that the the cabal are just they just don't get it. Like they, <laughs> well, so, well, yeah, no, they don't. No, think about they, this. They've never think had about this. Nearby. The only way that they could actually get the traveler was to physically, physically take it. So it stands to reason that this this you know empire of bouncing space rhinos they just <laughs> they don't get it you know like. They just don't get it. So they're like, no, but we'll take it. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I don't know. But yeah. Basically, that's it. That's what I get from that. Yeah. What's what's your end game here, Valis? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I That what's I could agree game? with as, as a interesting point. 
that the cabal have never necessarily had the traveler nearby. They know of the traveler. We know right. that. Because... I guess my I, my point is though is that if light is in everything, kind of like what we've been talking about, then it wouldn't matter that the traveler wasn't nearby because they would just by existing have some form of light. Right, but they wouldn't have the enhanced light, which the the um, fallen have had the traveler nearby, so they were exposed to more light, even if they did not have oh, light powers okay. like we did. Then the hive consume it and process it, but the cabal have never been around the traveler for extended periods of time. They just know of it and been chasing it. <laughs> That's for- part of the problem is they have not been mm-hmm. around the traveler. That Gaul wants to break the toy okay yeah he does he's like your little brother that you get a freaking you get a punching bag for christmas and your little brother gets jealous and decides he's going to take scissors to the thing i mean that's what it is and that may be a real story and i'm sorry to bring that up (laughs) i was like like, that was really oddly specific actually yeah Yeah, we were working through some stuff here that's what's happening there it may have happened like when i was eight but come on my punching bag I remember one. I remember one Christmas. My mom got both my brother and I bull whips. That wasn't your mom. That was your dad. <laughs> that poor, poor misguided woman. <laughs> and bicycles. Yeah, bulls, bull whips, and bicycles. That's the name of my new podcast. Because <laughs> um, you know that's a great idea. That's a great idea to get eight year olds. Yeah, you know what's wrong with America? Ding ding, chica. <laughs> I'd be really impressed if you could ride a bike and get a good crack out of a whip. Oh, then be impressed. <laughs> we terrorize. We terrorize the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, now that we've thoroughly gone off the rails, no, oh, it's okay. Uh, that's how we know you're back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, honestly, I, I do think that the uh, there's something to that. I think that the, the cabal just aren't sophisticated enough. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, it, it's, it's almost like you, you put a pound of clay in front of five different people. You know what I mean? One of them might get a masterpiece out of it and then, you know. <laughs> I'm building blocks over here. Mud patties. I'm gonna roll it. I'm gonna roll it up into a long thing, and then I'm gonna make a big cinnamon roll because that's what I do with Play-Doh. Um, yes. Yeah. As long as you yeah, don't yeah, eat no. it, it's fine. Yeah, I'm just saying, just because everyone has the same clay and the in and the same basic human anatomy in their hands, doesn't mean that they can all, you know, you know, sculpt. Definitely. Well, Blue, do you want to head into the dispatches? Yeah. I am so proud of everyone for this one, so let's run into that. Oh. Dispatches from the Wilds. So we got we got someone who actually listened and, and actually used Twitter. I'm so proud of you, Taylor. <gasps> Taylor B. Taylor B. 
<laughs> and this oh, one, Taylor, this one, this one is not actually on topic, but it's so I'm so excited that someone actually used hashtag ask FFC that I'm going to read it anyways. Justin, you'll probably get a kick out of this one. So Taylor says, like so if Cade can eat and drink, do you think exos are built a la Bicentennial Man, fully functional human robots, or was it just added to cope? Justin, go. Uh, you cut off at the end there. Did you say, was it just added to cope? Yeah. Yeah, not coke. Okay. Was which is also a way to, to cope. cope. Which is also a way to cope, but um, I think Caffeine. I think just knowing just what I just knowing what I know about the frail human psyche, um, it was more than likely added more for our benefit than for <laughs> the actual exos benefit because when you've got a mechanical companion, who likes to eat alone? Well, that <laughs> and also saying. that and also I I agree with you for the fact that it was there to cope as a psychological thing, because the other thing yeah. to think about is exos were built for war machines. And honestly, Ooh. one of the worst things or one of the biggest complaints that a lot of, you know, log, lo, um, logistics would explain is getting resources for soldiers to eat. Why would you then mm. make a robot army that has to eat? Like, well, it's also notable he doesn't have to eat no 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 but but i mean but that's what i mean is that's that's what he's asking is like because with the bicentennial man you know he was a he was like a cyborg right Mm -hmm. he was he was a human Mm -hmm. that had been made a robot but he was still at the core a human with Cade, especially we know that Cade has none of his original pieces if you will Mm -hmm. left there's a one of the treasure maps from Io. I can't remember which planet, but one of the treasure maps, he kind of is like Eris is making fun of him, and he makes the comment new about treasure maps. Yeah, uh, he makes the comment <sighs> about oh yeah, well you know Exos, we don't have our bones anyways. Like well, I mean you also have to think about just energy. None of the guardians technically eat, need to eat because we have. Right light constantly feeding us i think it's just as bizarre that awoken would be eaten or eating or humans would be eating if they're guardians as it is an exo i mean it just seems more bizarre because they're robotic but right and i think this would be for the non-guardian exos especially Mm -hmm. but i i mean i would i would argue that I, i don't i don't think I think you're you're right. I think that in the same vein that a guardian probably doesn't need to eat, but can, mm-hmm. and probably does. I mean, we know Kate enjoys his spicy ramen and his green acid drink. Um, okay, but but just think about this: your sense of taste and things like that. Are, it's just a mere manner. It's it's just a mere matter of receptors, right? Right, 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 right. Sending sending signals to a brain. So I mean, it's you know having uh, a very high functioning uh, robot or android, however you want to put it, who can taste things is not that you know. No, and I think I think the question, I th- to me, the question is more: Is it actually necessary? Or is there a purpose for it? Is there a purpose for it? I don't it? think. Like, I don't think there my is. My point was, 
I don't think there's a purpose for it, not a concrete one, but I think it had much more to do in the beginning of their human creators. Yeah. 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 But not the psychological coping of the EXO, but the the psychological coping of the, the of the person who created it. Oh, that's a good thought. The concept of having something so alien, some create something that has some familiarity by having. Exactly. Exactly. Because I, we're we're so egotistical and self centered, I don't I don't see us caring enough about a machine to to think down the road he might want to cope by eating. Well, this, this but I was thinking may, I was may stress the, eat right. No, I was thinking for the the humans that were made into exos because we know that there were some exos that were seated, but there were also humans that were made into exos. Oh, and I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. And one of the things is like for a coping mechanism for the human who has become an exo, you know, like it's not that you have to eat, but it's that you are able to eat in case you need to have a degree of familiarity to reacquaint yourself, you know, cuz you're I mean, try to, I, I don't even I mean, it's not really possible, but try to cast yourself into a situation that is so alien that the mere process of just picking up a food and eating it is, is comforting. Comforting. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. but I mean, and it's, it's really not that hard. I guess it's in hindsight, it's really not that hard because people comfort eat all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, some of our favorite food is actually called comfort food. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. it's, it's what humans kind of do to, Preach. to, uh, to realign themselves with what is, I guess comfortable and what is right with their world, but it's but that's like a return to what's familiar too, right? Though. But but right. but again, so. that's the point though. For a human that has been made into a pure machine, a re, a return to normal would help with psychologically accepting that, and then you know because prior to guardianship, if an exo shot himself in the face, you know there's with no there's there's no really cut yeah with a laser multiple times but there's really no coming back <laughs> because there's you know there's no ghost there right i mean you could repair it but that that well, technically that argument right i was gonna say you could put the hardware back together but if it's the software that makes them and that software is lost then that software is terminated so you want and i mean it's like you know it's one of the i mean and you know this justin it's like a common trope in science fiction whenever you get a person who's put into a an out-of-body experience whether that be a cyborg or an android i mean geez philip k dick wrote about this significantly about android androids who got confused and actually thought they were humans and humans who who were completely mystified when they found out that they weren't human because they thought their entire lives they were human only to find out that they weren't I mean, it's it's a very popular topic within science fiction that that uh, that psychological need for comfort in a in a face of a a hundred percent alien world or alien environment. I mean, to me, that makes perfect sense. But I, I I would strongly agree that it's not necessary because to me that just seems silly. Build build a perfect war machine and then make it have to eat. I have a dispatch yeah, no. that's an unofficial one. Okay, go for it. Unofficial? Oh, unofficial. yeah, this one. Oh, this one, yes. So, this one, I love this one. Wednesday night's uh, stream slash extra lore topic, 
Bibletron actually <laughs> tweeted out. And I love I'm, me some Bibletron. Oh, he's. I still he every time so you happy. say that. Every time you say that, I get the picture of the Transformer. With the made out of Bibles. Made out of Bibles. With a Bible shield and a crucifix sword. Um, God. Go ahead. This was was a really entertaining game stream invention, was what this was. Yeah. Coupled with Justin's inability to read prompts on the screen. (laughs) Sue me. It's okay. It's okay. He may. He may, by the way. Um, Nice. Did you find it? Yeah, I did. So he said, this is Wednesday night, if Destiny 2 lore minds, meaning anybody who does content creation for lore, were in-game, Sir Wallen, Mylan Games, Beard Grizzly, Ishtar Collective, Focus Fire Chat, were all included in this. And they said that Wally, Sir Wallen, would be the speaker, the OG. Ishtar Collective, meaning kind of like Baxter and Pearl, would be Rasputin the mastermind slash archivist myland games which was actually spelled melon games and thus henceforth will be known as melon games melon games number one mm -hmm. melon games number one lore stream is a sloan surrounded by an ocean and feisty and then beard grizz is lakshmi too my favorite future world plan boy and then James Byfoot Esquire the Third is Ashley Miller. And to top off the list, we made the list. FFC is Ikora, Zavala, and Cade, the squad. So we are the Vanguard mentors. And I think in some ways it so is the most cool. It's the perfect setup for us. We got the best one too. Yes, we did. Although Bife's is pretty funny. Any any development which makes me Cade is that's pretty outstanding. So here's something I'd like to do, and I'd like to pitch to the community to start pitching to the other lore minds because yes, we do talk to them, but if it came from you guys, it might hold a little bit more weight. I and Blue has talked about this too. Is <laughs> creating an audio file with the the different lore people mentioned, reading the lines of the characters that they are assigned in this tweet. I just so, want Bife to be Asher, to be honest. Yeah, really. That's that's kind that's of the main actually one honestly we the just end re- goal here is let's yeah, make Bife getting, play Asher. Yeah, hearing him say some of the most derogatory. Slash, I don't even know how to describe Asher. I'm so mad at him. I can't even describe him. Half <laughs> I don't want to hate Bife, but I still think <laughs> Bife would do a good job at it. I don't think I would hate Bife because of it. Might no. slightly cringe. Could never, loudly, could never hate Bife. Loudly cringe. And, loudly yeah, cringe. Anyway. Yes. But... Definitely. It was a very funny tweet. I thought it was super, super fun. I've been talking about it all week because that makes me Ikora and that makes me kind of a an expletive that I don't want to say, even though I think we're already past it. Yay, me! 
Anyway. Uh, all right. So you guys want to jump to final shout outs, comments? Yeah, let's do that. All right, Justin. As as the returning special guest co-host, why don't you give us a... Oh, I'm not only a co-host, I'm special. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just really missed everyone. Uh, hope to be able to to kind of periodically like to be on more shows as we, as we're going forward. Um, just, just if you don't know, I'm, I'm in the middle of remodeling a house and also <laughs> starting October 16th in the middle of remodeling a house, I'll be working 12 hour days, six days a week for three weeks. So, um, just, I might sleep. miss a shit. Yeah. I might miss a show or two. Um, so anyways, just know that just because I'm, I'm, you know, not in your headphones doesn't mean he's not in our hearts. Wait, did this get awkward? Justin's always in our heart. I think he dropped. I think he did. True. <laughs> true. Two. Wow. I'm tired. <laughs> Green. What about you? Uh, my shout out this week goes definitely to the. Oh, there he is! <laughs> robot Justin. Is Robot Justin? I think I never did get a chance to say thank you to Rhino. Um, for is, these are the, the best shout outs. Awesome, Hunkadin. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Hang that again. These are the best shout outs. <laughs> So, anyways, basically, I like to thank. <laughs> Green go. Okay. Yeah. Betamax so, Justin is on power. low power. <laughs> uh, my shout out is. <laughs> <laughs> Window. We fell out of window. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Um, so just with in my signal, Cora. Um, so big shout out to to my Vanguard mentors and all the focus fire fight for the robot voice. Go. Are we good? Yes, we're good. Go, Green. Okay. Uh, my shout out goes now. This seems kind of counter, not in as climactic as uh, it's anticlimactic after Justin's deal. But the Gunters, I definitely want to put out a huge shout out to everybody who's been helping us gather all this information and for Rhino for organizing a lot of it. I know we're starting a bigger project coming up here pretty soon, which granted this whole thing is a big project. So me saying that is kind of whatever, but if you want to help with defining the items of destiny Two, meaning so like the fulminators robes blue talked about earlier, how fulminator is means lightning or it's like a, word that is similar to lightning um defining that finding things and the history behind the different names and the flavor text that comes with the different items rhino's putting together a whole website based off of this concept and if you would like to help 
the Gunters help him. Let us know in Discord chat or shoot us a tweet. Shoot me a tweet. I will get you into Discord chat. Just get a hold of us if you want to help out with the history and the fun stuff. Because if you have a specialty, like I, I went to school for music. I find things in this game that are related to music all the time. If you have a specialty that you're like, hey, I could help with this, or I'm good at looking up things on the Google machine, jump in. You you have a place there too. Let us know if you have any help. And my shout outs to those guys because they've been doing an awesome job in making my life, Baxter's and Blue's life, Justin's life so much easier. And for me, I just wanted to say the next week's topic is going to be an update on The Traveler. And so definitely give us some dispatches on your thoughts, opinions. I know there's a lot of those opinions about The Traveler, especially after Destiny 2 and the alarm clock that went off and woke everyone up. Um, I love it. So so that's next week's topics. Please be sure to send dispatches either to our email um to twitter which thank you taylor again for twitter and or discord if that's the easiest way for you guys whatever whatever way is easiest for you just get them in and we will be sure to read them on the show um other than that just a big thank you to everyone who shows up for the live streams we really appreciate it uh and and then also for the game streams we we uh we kind of mentioned a couple of them tonight and that Mm -hmm. is just we we do those more just kind of relaxing and kind of to be honest to give give me an excuse to actually play the game that we talk about um because as most of you who are in the discord know i my days are pretty full um during the week and so i need pretty much any excuse i can get to actually sit down and actually play the game um so those that's what a lot of those game streams are and and basically what that translates into is there's a lot of shenanigans that go on and mm-hmm. everyone really, really just kind of has a good time. So we really appreciate everyone who shows up for those and who just ultimately just shows up and, you know, in the streams in general. We really appreciate that. But yeah, so that that is my shout outs for this week. And then we're going to run through an outro. We might try to keep Baymax Justin on for a little bit, but he's probably going to need to go recharge his battery. So. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for a live streaming of the episode each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new and improved www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And please, please, please let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Also, make sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>